All right, you're getting a warning this time that we are now recording. Okay. Not surprising you with it this time. I appreciate that because, you know, we haven't seen each other in two weeks, so there's Still a lot we had to catch up on. Ruins my weekly fun, though, but whatever. <laughs> it's okay. There's always next week. <laughs> and I will get you next week. Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> that was sarcasm in her voice, if anyone was wondering. <laughs> I mean, was it? <laughs> it was super passive aggressive, and I approve of that message, but. Uh, I've just accepted that this is the fact of our relationship. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm the fun one, but whatever. But I mean, are you though? No, I'm not. <laughs> All right, so last week, I, I say last week, uh, it was two weeks ago when we actually recorded. Yes. Okay. I'm talking about change. Yep. Okay. Change you can't control, change you can control. I think last week it was specifically things we can control and how that can benefit our struggles with change we cannot control. Correct? Or did I yeah, I mean, no, it was change you can control and basically just tips, tricks, a wonderful first half of a Psychology Today article about... <laughs> how to go about change and things, the, the actions that you can take. So I think with that... Just go right back into the list. Let's go right back in. So I actually, for once in my life, was a little proactive, and I went and back to the episode we recorded last to make sure I knew where we were in the list. I'm glad you did that, because <laughs> I was in Boston, and... Who knows what happened while I was in Boston? Because I don't. Um, so if I remember correct, last time we were finished at the part in the list, we were talking about how taking your time to establish a, a routine and a pattern when you're trying to change different things about yourself can be better. Yep. It helps you... Uh, kind of ease into the transition a little bit more and therefore create lasting and beneficial habits. Yep. I'm right. Okay. Yep. So, um, so the last thing we talked about was appreciating the path, appreciating not only where you end up, but getting there. Okay. So now we're Appreciate on... the journey, not the destination. Exactly. <laughs> I had to throw that cheesy exactly. line in there. Well, I think I mean, there's a One Tree Hill quote that is, like, oh in the end, Lord. it's the journey, not the destination. Hold on. I'm sorry, but I do not approve of One Tree Hill quotes. Why not? I don't know. I've never seen an episode of the show, but I just feel it's, like, the same as, you know, Gossip Girl and Vampire Diaries. It's, like, the same as all those shows. No! Oh, my God. No, it is so different. Oh, that's right, because Vampire Diaries has the vampire. It would be different. Ugh. No. One Tree Hill. You guys, if you are One Tree Hill fans, you got to help me educate Davis. I have all nine seasons on DVD. I can make you watch them. I mean, I admit Chad Michael Murray is a very pretty man, but is that the one he was in? Or yeah, was he was in that. One? He was in that one. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was that one or that Dawson's Creek or whatever. Actually, I think he guest starred on that, but I don't know that for sure. But so yeah. either what you're saying is either way I'm right. Yes, and it's, I would say One Tree Hill is more Dawson's Creaky than, it's more Dawson's Creaky, it's more Gilmore Girlsy than Vampire Diaries or Gossip Girl. But the quote, because it's actually kind of perfect, um, and it's from Whitey Durham, which, in case you didn't know, because I found this out a couple of years ago, 
the actor who plays Whitey on One Tree Hill is actually a Texas Tech alum, so that was a very happy day for me. Put your guns up. Rackham Tech. Um, okay, so the quote is, don't be afraid to make mistakes, stumble and fall, because most of the time the greatest rewards come from doing the things that scare you the most. Maybe you'll get everything you wish for. Maybe you'll get more than you could have ever imagined. Who knows where life will take you? The road is long, and in the end, the journey is the destination. I mean, I like the quote, but at the same time, it comes from One Tree Hill. So I don't really know if it was delivered very well. In, the, in this, yes, it was. It was one of those, like, monologue things. Oh, I didn't mean, like, you did, You delivered it very well. No! Saying in the show. No, it was. It was delivered well, because Whitey is, like, you know... He, um, he was the head football coach, and he was, like, teaching his players life lessons. So he was, like, Coach Taylor in Friday Night Lights, because that was real life. <laughs> but, okay, so that was where I was going, and I know I took us off topic, but I thought that was a good quote that... <laughs> when are we not going off topic? <laughs> that is true. I mean... <laughs> that is true. Okay. But talking about appreciating the journey. Yes. Yeah. So, basically, the journey is your destination, so appreciate it. That's where I was going with this. Because that's where you're going to learn the most about yourself Mm -hmm. and the most about how the world works is getting to where you're going. It's not really when you get there. Yeah. Yeah, and life is just, I mean, what's the destination in life? Because you're like, you keep moving, you keep doing things, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So. Okay, so. Journey is a destination, and where are we on the list? So now we're going on to a section called No More Do Better. No More Do no Better. More. So, so, like, no is in knowledge. Yes. Okay. Because it's this whole idea that we can be doing all these things, we can tr- be trying to appreciate our path and setting up time management habits and, mm-hmm. and doing our best to set up systems so that we can progress as a person but if we don't sit back and reflect on what we're doing and how the process is going are we really doing it as efficiently as we could or even doing it properly at all and so we the the strategy that's introduced here is we need to monitor our behaviors and it can be something as simple as journaling and uh writing in the journal this is what i did today to to move along my path um this is how it went this is what i can do better tomorrow um you know my bullet journal tells me to do that but i'm not great at the bullet journaling (laughs) i don't know what a bullet journal is would you care to elaborate yeah so basically it's a free-for-all thing um where you basically keep track of your life in the bullet journal but it's not it's like a it flows from one thing to another, so you can keep track of lists, you can do whatever, but, like, you're you're keeping track of your day and your month and, like, your entire schedule and writing down any thoughts. And one of the activities that you're supposed to do is you're supposed to journal every day. Do I do that? No. Um, but you're supposed to. And you, like, reflect on what you did that day and what the takeaways were, and you, like, release it so you can move forward. You know, studies have shown that journaling before you go to bed every night can actually help you go to sleep. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's supposed to also help with anxiety and mental health stuff, too. So So I guess we should all think about starting to to journal because I imagine we all, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have trouble sleeping, too. 
just yeah. like the rest of us. Yeah. My Fitbit tracker um, my, tracks my sleep, and it's up and down, and I'm awake, and it's like six hours, and I'm not doing anything the sleep experts tell me to do. But, you know, it's also a way to, and probably why it helps you sleep, it's a way to unpack your day and process mm-hmm. it at the same time, which yeah. is really what this step is about. Yeah. Now, in this section, it's it's more focused on a particular aspect of your day, but processing all the information that you received in any given day, because even if you're sitting on the couch watching TV on a Saturday, you've still got a lot of information coming in. It may not be anywhere near the information that you're getting on a normal work day, but you still need to process everything that came in, which I think is one of the reasons that at least I personally have trouble relaxing and sleeping is because I wait to process everything until I'm laying there in the dark and my head just won't shut up. Yeah, that's fair. Um, And so he's talking about solutions-based journaling, though, right? Exactly. Okay, so what, does he give any prompts, or... Well, okay, so what he says is, uh, this is one of those where he didn't give too much, but what he says is some therapists insist on awareness of both current and desired behaviors, but research suggests it's sufficient to be aware of just the new one. And the example he gives is, in a journal, he recorded, so Bill, our hypothetical person here... Okay. So in a journal, Bill recorded the time taken for each step of work preparation. So back to our example, Bill is trying to get to work at a certain time every day. Yeah, trying to get to work early. And so what he's doing is every night he's sitting down and Bill is writing down how long it took him to do each activity. It took me this long to shower. It took me this long to put my clothes on. It took me this long to eat breakfast and yada, yada, yada. So he knows he's breaking down his entire morning into a mathematical, highly organized Excel spreadsheet, essentially, so he can see where he needs to cut down on time Mm -hmm. um, and what he needs to allow more time for in the morning so that he can get to work on time. So it's, it's a learning experience. He's reflecting on what he did during that day and what he can do moving forward. So it's... If you're not looking to get to work on time, if you're just looking to decompress or figure out how to improve your your mood at work or something like that, you can journal that and you can say, okay, here's what I did today. Here's probably what didn't work. Here's what I can learn from this and what I can do moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So basically, it's just putting it down on paper in a... In a quantifiable manner mm-hmm. that makes sense to you so that you can tell this is you can see this is where I need to improve yeah well and I think putting it down on paper you um is it's the same way that when professors tell you not to take notes on your laptops you are retaining information better and you're processing information better when you are handwriting things so doing a journal or something like that is a great way to to help you process a little bit better I don't think there's really anything else we can do on that one. Emily, once again, has covered it. <laughs> I try. <laughs> so he also suggests, though, that not only do we need to do self-reflection, okay. we need to talk to people that we trust and we know will be honest with us and to get external feedback. Okay. So whereas I 
like it when you tell me I'm doing something stupid so that I know for sure that it's stupid. It, it's just a look. It's Davis, really. I mean, that's still telling me. <laughs> it may not be vocalizing it, but I know. I mean, but you know. <laughs> so he's saying that requesting feedback from other people about how you're doing in your journey to grow mm -hmm. is actually very beneficial. You don't necessarily want to talk to people who are just going to give you bad advice. So you want to make sure you trust people, but also trust that they are going to give you constructive, healthy feedback. Um, so basically, you don't want to ask any George, Bill, or Harry on the street um, how you're doing. You want that trusted circle of friends that I'm sure we've talked about before to do, to give you that honest constructive feedback and not like belligerently lay into you because belligerently laying into you there's so many other issues there that are not not good we need to you might need to reevaluate your friendships because even, even though you're on a journey of self-discovery and self-growth you don't want to be talking to someone that's just breaking you down all the time yeah well and i i think too that when you're on this journey of self-discovery and self growth um ooh, my leg is cramping okay um so when you're on this discovery you want to be around people who support that your evolution and aren't holding you to like a past version of yourself too so I can see a couple of different applications for that and reasons why that would be the case because it'll tell you too who you need to like break up with or part ways with because they're not giving you that constructive, positive feedback. They aren't supporting you through your growth. And you also need to talk to someone who understands what you're asking for feedback for. Yeah. You know, because it's not, it's not necessarily just a time for that person to start dumping everything mm -hmm. they don't like about yeah. you on you. Yeah. It's a time for them to help steer you in the direction that you want to go. See what yeah. I'm saying? It's like a support group for workouts or, you know, like having a workout buddy is like, you know, if your accountability partner, making sure you're on that track, you're going, you're, you're being pushed further. And I think honestly, that's how like any good, healthy relationship should be. Anyway, you guys should be pushing each other to continue growing and expanding your wings. But I think the workout accountability partner is, is a good example because you don't want your, you want your workout accountability partner to keep you accountable to working out, to getting to the gym, to getting healthier. Yeah. You don't necessarily want your accountability partner for your workouts to start telling you how to parent your kids. No, absolutely you know, like not. That's, like there's, separation of church and state there <laughs> exactly but that's just what i'm saying yeah. so like the person you're asking for feedback from needs to understand like this is the box that the feedback needs to go to that i'm talking about I'm asking let's you try for not in one area of my life and one area of my life only if i want feedback in the other i will ask you for it yeah. So, but that goes back to defining boundaries. This is yeah. definitely a big step where we need to make sure that we're establishing our boundaries and the people that we're asking for help are going to and continue to respect those boundaries. Yep. Yep. And you are the one that controls those boundaries. So going back to things you can control, you can control your boundaries. Which, 
at the end of the day, is one of the few things we can control. Yeah. Um, the next one is very similar to okay. what we talked about a minute ago with monitoring your behaviors. Um, except in this one, not only do we need to monitor the behavior, we need to monitor why we were sex successful or failed to do something in a certain day. So in our example, Bill tries to get to work by a certain time every day. Okay. If when he's mo- listing out how his day went and everything that he did, if on a day he was five minutes late, he needs to make sure to analyze what in his day caused him to be five minutes late. So, like, was there traffic? Was there a um, a stoplight out? Was there an accident on the... The road was the subway down. Um, or was he just a little sluggish this morning and wasn't moving as fast as he should have? Yeah. Well, did you oversleep? Did you go to bed super late the night before that caused you to not want to get up on time and disrupt your sleep cycle? Um, and I think all of those, there's easy solutions for that, too. It's, okay, well, you may not be able to control an accident, but can you leave five minutes earlier so that you are not, like, so that you're not stressed and you're not walking in late or is that something you can't control and you know every once in a while like everybody is late to work because of accidents and things out of their control that they can't do and if you have a set routine and you know when you're supposed to be places at what time and all of that you're better able to deal with Mm -hmm. those eventual excuse me those eventual extraneous events that are going to screw with you so, you know, you stayed up late. Okay, maybe go to bed earlier. Sleep earlier. Which, go, which goes into the next aspect of all of this, which I is... I love when I do this. <laughs> <laughs> which is maintaining structure. Because okay. change is going to require structure. Mm-hmm. Because we are trying to change, even if it doesn't feel like it, we're trying to change a fundamental aspect of our brain waves or the way we do things. And you're not going to be able to necessarily do that just cold turkey. You've got to set up a system and we have to figure out what's going to work in that system and what's not going to work in that system. I mean, it's like the best example I can think of for this step, identifying what works, is, uh, can't think of his first name right now, but Ford. Like the Ford, who started the whole company. He saw that people, other car companies are making... Um, cars in a very haphazard and weird manner and he came in and basically invented the automobile assembly line and was able to make cars pretty much to the same quality but so much faster than everyone else you're looking for in business speak efficiencies in your operation exactly identify what works in your morning routine or your work routine whatever you're trying to change and continue tweaking those aspects but then once you have something that works focus on the things that aren't working so in doing things that tweaking operations it's packing your lunch before um laying your clothes out the night before taking a shower at night instead of in the morning yeah that's things like that that you can tweak to your optimal level i know i'm actually going through some of that and trying to figure it out because I started a new skincare routine. Yeah, you were talking about that last time. Yeah, so I'm two weeks into it now. 
Um, and it, it's working for the most part, although I was on vacation for like a week of that. So it was a lot easier to, to do that. But I have to wait for 15 minutes after I put on my like sunscreen primer combination and before I put on foundation. And it's not like I put on a lot of makeup to go to work. I do foundation and mascara and call it a day. Yeah, I'm really grateful I work in a tastefully casual work environment. Not kidding, that's actually our dress code. Um, but, um, so I was, was doing that and I like, I know I have to wash my face at night. So wash my face when I'm in the shower. Get up, first thing I do is I will like take my inhaler and brush my teeth, wash my face, do all of that before I, um, you know, go put on my clothes, put in my contacts, you know, um, anything else so that my timing is still the same. Um, but I'm getting that, like, I'm not adding that 15 minutes to the end of my schedule, so I'm not freaking out. I'm just, I moved the face stuff before everything else, so I had that 15 minutes. So, tweaking the things that you do that work well, that recognizing what does not work well, and figuring out what does so you can create optimal efficiency. And to create optimal efficiency, like you said, we can't just... Look at it when there's an issue. Mm -hmm. We have to look, continue looking at our plan, looking at our schedule, making sure everything works, and making sure that there aren't small adjustments we can make before bigger problems arise. So what he's really saying is we kind of need to run our lives like we would run a business. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, our lives really are operate just like a major corporation. I mean, you have all of these moving parts. All of these different people are relying on you. Um, and there's a lot of different directions you can go in every day, just like running a business. I think that's a great analogy. I don't know how I feel about it, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's accurate. It is what it is. You know, it's one of those things, at least these days you can't really help because there's not much living off the grid anymore. Yeah. Although sometimes I want to, but then I said, Davis, let's start a podcast and that went by the wayside. <laughs> But, okay, but think about it this way. Even if you were living off the grid, you still have to think about where you're going to eat, what you're going to eat today, how you're going to get it, how you're going to prepare it, what you're going to do with it uh, once you have it, you know, taken off the animal or whatever. I, I mean, and that's just one aspect of life. That's just eating. Yeah. You know? I mean, then you got to think about water and shelter and like all these different things so no matter how you live it is sort of like a business yep business is staying alive and staying healthy and positive i'm trying i feel so like awful comparing our lives to a corporation but good corporations well, also include emotion i mean united states common law does treat corporations almost exactly like a human being they have almost all the same rights that's a fun fact. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, yeah. the law supports it, so that's what we're going with. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of similarities. <laughs> um, now we're on to, so we talked about revisiting our plan. Yep. Continually looking over it, make sure we're sticking to it. But now we have to remember that practice makes perfect. We always have to be putting things into effect that we, we see need to change and remembering that we're not going to be perfect to start off with. We're gonna, it's going to take time to adjust. It's going to take time to get good at these things. 
I'm familiar with that mantra. Practice makes perfect, a.k.a. Gymnastics 101. Exactly. And like he says, I mean, this is the next strategy. Earlier, we were talking about requesting feedback from people. But now we may have to call in the lifeline to use a who wants to be a millionaire reverence um, to get help. So the example that he talks about in here is Bill uh, has trouble waking up to his alarm every morning. And so he has a friend who gets up earlier than he does and has time to do this in the morning. Just shoot him a text or call him in the morning to make sure he's awake. Okay, you keep saying that, and I just keep thinking E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. But in all seriousness, I used to do that for, like, my 7 a.m. finals. I don't know who does a final at 7 a.m., but Texas Tech did, um, which was before any of our classes ever started. Um, so I used to, like, text my mom, like, be like, I have a really important final tomorrow. I need you to call me to make sure I'm awake. I would always get up anyway at that point because um, I was super nervous about it. But, I mean, I've been known to sleep through lots of alarms and get out the door ten, in 10 minutes and be, like, five, 10 minutes late for class because um, that's just – I'm dead to the world when I sleep. So, like, having that added insurance for when it was important, like, I've been known to do that. Well, and you got to make sure that you're asking the right person for help. Because in this, mm-hmm. in this waking up example, uh, I knew growing up never to ask mom to help me get up. Because she would come in and it would be, uh, oh, he looks so peaceful. He needs to sleep. And he w- she wouldn't wake me up. Now, I knew that if I asked dad to wake me up, he'd come in with like a leaf blower, which he did one time. No lie. You wanted me to get you up. I got you up. My mom used to, like, jump on my bed and, like, she'd be like, Emily, wake up. Don't make me get the, the ice water. Safe to say, they never actually dumped ice water on me. But oh, my dad did. They were very close several times. Instead, if they would, like, throw things at me, you know, anything to to wake me up. No, my dad gets giddy when we ask him to help us get up because he knows that he gets, if we don't, he gets to, because he goes from zero to 60, like, instantly. So he doesn't, he'll come in, like, oh, no, still asleep. All right, and then he'll figure out he's going to fuck with us. So, just the fear of knowing that he's going to do something has been enough most of the time to get me up. Yeah. The leaf blower was an exception. That was, that was bad. Because it was smoking and everything, so, like, the fire alarm was going off. Dog was still around then, so the dog was going insane. It was, um... Needless to say, ever since then, even now, if I hear a lawnmower outside my window, I am up. Never again. <laughs> uh, Papa Harrison is, you know, he knows how to handle it. Yeah, yeah, he'll get you right up. He'll get you right up. Um, so moving on to the next one, we're talking about practice. Sometimes we're dealing with traits that if we're only trying to to use them in certain in one specific scenario we're gonna be kind of holding ourselves down so in this punctual example if you're only trying to get to work on time you can kind of start making excuses mentally about why it's not so important if in the rest of your life you're still showing up late to stuff 
So basically, it needs to translate. So if you're trying to get to work on time, you're trying to get everywhere on yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So you practice getting to work on time by getting to the gym on time or to get to, to meetups with friends on time. You've got to let it permeate through the rest of your life so that it, it becomes second nature. No longer is it something you have to think about and plan for and really push yourself to do. It just becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And that's that's essentially where probably if you're trying to make a change like this, that's probably where you're headed anyway. So. Yeah. Well, it's almost like um, so we talk about like holding yourself accountable for things. So, you know, it, it's talking like the self-care world of like making sure you go to the gym or, you know, like take the time to have a bubble bath and then a massage or like. If you're going to do one of those things, you need to do all of those things. Because otherwise, if you say, okay, I'm just not going to work out today. Like, you're not going to take care of yourself or you're not going to do, like, it It spirals. So, it just, it's really, if you don't honor that one goal, you're not honoring part of yourself. Or if you're not, if you're only honoring it in very specific circumstances, you're not honoring it really anywhere. Yeah, because you need to learn, like, your important getting... Someplace on time is important everywhere, you know. And it's it's a good way, if you're trying to let it permeate through your life, it's a good way for others to help give you feedback. Because mm-hmm. then instead of just getting feedback from people who are involved in your work, yeah. you're getting feedback from people who are part of your the rest of your life, and then you're getting a more well-rounded, cheesiest way I can say it, but you're getting a more well-rounded lesson. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, you're getting feedback from different types. Types of people exactly. who know you in different capacities. Exactly, and you never know. You never know how your gym buddy can help you out with your work life. Although I think like your gym buddy would be a great person to help you out with your work life. Well, gym buddies, man, gym buddies have always been the wisest people I know. Even though I'm going with some of the stupidest people I know, they always have sage advice. It's weird. I know, I've never really had a gym buddy. I haven't had one in a long, long time. Uh, but. Well, because. I would get frustrated because the people I would go to the gym with, like, I wanted to do things ten times harder, so I did not have the right gym buddies, but, um... But for some people, it's just better to go by yourself anyway, which is why the gym, a gym buddy isn't necessarily the best example, especially for you and I, because we both work out alone. But I'm yeah. just saying, you just never know... Well, I mean, it's like saying, Emily, like, we missed you at the at kickboxing today, like, get your ass here, like... That works for me. It's like, well, oh shit, I need to like ass. see. I need to see these people, but like we may not work out together, but like we have some sort of camaraderie, and they know when you're gone. And now that we have established our routine, okay. we've made a plan, we've examined it over and over and over again, and we practiced it. We have to protect it. Oh, I'm interested to see this. I'm awful at this part. <laughs> <laughs> right though, because. But you get, it's this whole idea that you get comfortable. Right. And then, again, you start making excuses, and this new habit that you've just about established in your life gets destroyed because you stopped nurturing it. Oh, my gosh. Me, like, every month when I skip the gym for a week. (laughs) So, a wise one, what does psychology today say? I am not the wise one. The the (laughs) author of this article is the wise one. I'm totally ripping ideas. Um, but we're citing them appropriately. I will say, though, that I, I I disagree a little bit with how he's 
classifying this because the way he identifies this is control your environment. You can't really do that. Exactly. I mean, control what you can control, but we can't control everything. But it's this idea of identifying what's holding you back and what is causing you to slip back into old habits and cutting them out. There's that, but there's not always stuff you can do. Like, if if you've got a sick kid or you've got a a dog who wakes up early in the morning and you have to take care of the dog or whatever, those aren't necessarily things you can control. Okay, but in the in the case of the dog, that can then become part of your routine. That's true. Um, sick kids, you've got to have contingencies and you should have a network. So even if you have a sick kid, you still probably want to take that hour to yourself and be like, oh no, um, I need to go like, I need to go to yoga or to work out or something because so can one of you watch the kid for an hour so I can go do that. Um, but I mean, in Bill's example though, if he's going to be a, if there's a sick kid, like, he's not going to be going into work at all. He's going to have to look, watch out for the kid. Most likely. So. So I guess the better example is the one that we're given here is Bill realizes that if he drinks a nightcap, which is, I feel like is like total 1950s word for that, but if he drinks a nightcap before bed, it makes it harder for him to get up and get moving in the morning. So he realizes that he needs to stop drinking alcohol after 7 p.m. So for someone, someone like me, I can't drink uh, tea after a certain time. I can drink caffeinated anything. Well, I don't drink coffee, but I like do that at the mor- in the morning, and then it's it for me for the day. Because otherwise, I'm like trying to go to bed at night. I'm like my anxiety has skyrocketed. But it could be something as much, you know, turning the TV off mm-hmm. after a certain time, so that your brain has time to calm down and. Um, Turning off your blue light devices. Turning on your sound machine. Uh, My sister starts turning off lights at a certain time so that by the time it's time for her to go to bed, uh, she's only been really dealing with soft light for about an hour so that her mind has already kind of gotten into this place where it's starting to quiet down. And I've started kind of do that too, and it works really well. Interesting. Yeah. The next strategy he talks about is using memory aids, but this one I feel like is a little creepy. So... Give it to me. Bill's example in this one. Uh, He kept a list in each room of his apartment describing the sequence of things to be done and the maximum allowable time to complete them. So basically, in this example, Bill has a sheet of paper on each door of his room saying you are only allowed 10 minutes in the bathroom. You are only allowed 20 minutes in the kitchen and so on and so forth. I don't know. So it's like his affirmation because you put affirmation saying, you know, I am strong, I am beautiful, I'm going to kick ass today. Okay, but this is Um, taking, like affirmations is one thing. This is taking it to like a, like a checklist on every single door. I don't know. That creeps me out a little bit. I I like it actually because it's like, you're seeing the list, you're seeing everything, you're not forgetting anything. You're like, but I'm so type A and I love a good list. Um, so for me, I like can check it off and like that's going to cause me to be more excited to do that in the future. Cause I'm like, oh, I get this awesome sense of completion 
that I was able to meet all of those things. I, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, at least I don't think it has to be a, a, a printed out list of things either. And I do this and apparently it's a thing that a lot of guys do. It can also be something physical too. Cause I have this little method of making sure that I have phone keys and everything I need in my pocket. Mm -hmm. And so I'll tap each pocket to make sure I feel everything. And I always say in my head, pocket, pocket, pocket. So that I've said it three times because I've got three different pockets that I keep stuff in. <laughs> and I put everything. So phone goes in one pocket, keys go in the other, and my handkerchief goes in the third. So it's just I'm tapping all three. And it's the same pocket each time. So I know. And I like that it's threes because that's a repetition thing. But so I think it goes that it's like the act of doing something. So like I'm, I'm a kinesthetic learner. I promise I have a point. But um, I'm really good. Like, I have to go through and do things in order to remember how to do them and to have that validation. But So writing it out for me is kind of one of those things. I couldn't do it in my memory unless I, I did it, like, 20 billion times. But you saying pocket, pocket, pocket. And you're the art of doing something. So it's just another, like, action, like a physical action that you are, you are taking to get your mind around it. I will admit that the the pocket technique that I do now arose out of locking my keys in my vehicle, like, all the time. And so I just started, like, literally just slapping my leg every time I got out of the truck to make sure my keys were in my pocket. And that's why it came around. So it was just that feeling, all right, I can feel my keys right there. So I guess I've already been doing all this stuff and didn't realize that I was. Subconsciously. We're yeah. just putting on word and, like, a list to it. Because I don't want to admit how many times that I... It wasn't just locking my keys in my vehicle. It was locking my keys in my vehicle with the vehicle still on. I don't understand how anyone does that. And I've done it more than once. Mine, if my keys... If I leave my keys in my car, it'll be, like, in the key thing. So anytime I open my door... Um, with my keys still in the steering column, it's this annoying alarm that goes off until I remove the keys. Yeah, mine's not that fancy. That's not true. I don't like, even have automatic locks. No, or windows. I have a completely manual truck. I drive a stick shift, and I love it, but still, I like those push-to-start cars because they won't even lock if you have a key fob in the car. Which is probably what I need, but whatever, I just do my pocket thing now. That's okay. You get, know, to, get to look real cool slapping my legs and my ass <laughs> every time I leave anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to have to start paying attention to this because I don't think I've ever noticed you do this. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time now. Okay. I mean, I'm not like slapping it like a stripper on a Friday night, but... I'm proud that. of that one. Uh, I'm proud of that one. Okay. Um, so, I've never noticed you've done it. So, clearly, it's not, like, insanely noticeable. But now I'm going to have to start paying attention. Yeah. It's even funnier when you can actually catch me hearing. Dead, but dead. Catch me saying, pocket, pocket, pocket. Okay. Sure. So, that's how you control yeah. not leaving your keys in the car. It's something oh, God, that you no, can I'm do just, that I'm, you can change. I'm bringing us back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing us back. Fair enough. Um, 
Okay, and now the final thing. This is this is the last thing Goldberg has to say on this. This is a long list. It is a long list, which is why I don't know why he says it's ten things, because it's not ten <laughs> things. It's like thirty things. The last thing. We have to reward ourselves. Yes! So in Bill's example, his big reward in the way he maps his success is going to Hawaii. But the, so every time he got to work on time or got wherever on time, he'd put a buck in his Hawaii jar. And okay. he was able to see his progress. Um, and then he, at the end of all of this, and when he had enough money, he got to go on a what sounds like a pretty fucking awesome vacation. Okay, so my question is, after you've done this reward, how do you keep yourself doing it? I think you just find another reward. So, you, like, you up the goal. So, if I wanted to read, like, ten books in a year, and then I get, like, a, a Starbucks gift card or something like that, and I do that, and then the next year I say 15, and I kind of do the same thing. I mean, not necessarily, because, you know, ten books in and of itself... At least in the world you and I live in, that could be kind of challenging, especially the kind of books that we read, um, which fair. made us sound really pretentious. I don't know. So I, I apologize. Read a lot of romance novels, so I go through a lot of books I don't ever count in my like reading list of the year. Oh, <laughs> um, but it doesn't necessarily have to. In our in Bill's example. You know, he may do his Hawaii trip. That doesn't mean that when he gets back, it's, all right, now this time it's going to be, instead of showing up to work for the, at 9, this year it's going to be showing up to work at 8. He can continue with 9. And okay. it can even be the same reward at the end of it. We're going to do another Hawaii trip if I do all this correct this year. It's just, if you're going to do it until it becomes ingrained in your psyche to where it's never gonna go away again which and honestly who could ever tell when that's happened um i don't know it makes me think of the like a perfect attendance things we used to get in school for going for not having sick days and like going every day of school so you're counted like counted present um and then you would get this like nice little certificate and recognized in front of the whole school and it was super nerdy um, but, like, I used to love those certificates. And that's what works for people like you and me, because I was the same way. I fucking coveted those things. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> that's not going to work for everyone. So it's finding what works Exactly. For exactly. Yeah. For Bill, it was going to Hawaii. For you and me, it's going to be something different. I mean, for me, next year, it might be, you know, I put a buck in the jar for whatever, and eventually I can buy the new PS5. You know, okay. it's, it's find something that works. Me going to New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much a... I want to go back to New Orleans so bad. Okay, I know we've talked about this, but you're coming to Boston this January, and we're going back to New Orleans next January. I know, but New Orleans. <laughs> I know. I know. We'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> so that is the end of Dr. Goldberg's list. Okay, that is so it. we did it. Thanks for sticking with us for two <laughs> hours as we went through this. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was going to take that long. Um, I hope you guys learned something. Um, so I think that wraps up, you know, our our takeaways on change. I mean, have we done takeaways yet? 
I don't think we've done takeaways for... I know we haven't done takeaways for either episode yet, because we were saving it for this one. <laughs> I go out on vacation, and just all hell breaks loose. <laughs> um, okay, so our takeaways. I think the biggest one that we that we really need to, to remind everyone of is don't be too hard on yourself. No, definitely not. I mean, you're not perfect. And that's going to be the the biggest hindrance that you have when, mm-hmm. when you're not accepting that failure is the end all. So it goes back to our analogy earlier that your life is like, you run your life like you would run a corporation. And you know, corporations have like plans in place and they, they have contingencies for when things don't go way that they want them to go or you know I mean the people who run them they fuck up too so it's like okay well what did we learn from this and move forward and I think like that's where the journaling is going to come into handy is hey well I didn't do this today here's why I didn't do this today here's how I can address this moving forward exactly and I I like to take the the Luke Cage stance on this and just always move forward yeah. Don't spend so much time focusing on when you messed up or not done everything that you could. Just do better next time. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, if you're looking to better yourself, I think you're going to be in a mindset to be able to to do that a little bit more easier. That's not proper English, but we're going <laughs> with it. Um, but you're, you know, you just, you do what you got to do and nobody's perfect and you know, even the people you think are doing this every day, I promise you they're not. They're going to be, like, there's going to be things out of their control. There's going to be things where there's just, like, I can't do this today. Like, it just didn't happen. And I get back on the ladder. Next week, it's, like, always you have a cheat day. Great. So then you can reset it. And people talk about that working out all the time. You said, okay, well, you didn't do it this week, so start fresh on Monday and it's a new week, you know, what happened last week doesn't matter. I think that's it for the week. I think we're done with change. Yep. It's going to take us into ch- taking risks, which is our our next topic. Kind of now we've dealt with all of the change. Here's which, how we to like which I'm jump, dive at, off so. the deep end <laughs> <laughs> and jump and trust that, you know, people are going to catch you. Or that you're going to land on your feet. So next week should be real good. I might get real bitter, real cynical. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. I mean, aren't you always? Yeah. Oh, and I have 47 steps to go. How I did that, I don't know. So basically, you're going to go run around my kitchen again. I am. So, you know, we're going to sign off so I can do that because... My Fitbit and my my goals to get 10,000 steps are really important to me. <laughs> and I fail most of the time. She's another Fitbit cog in the machine. I am. Okay. So, All right, y'all. So until next time, I'm Emily. And I'm Davis. And thank you for listening. You know, like, subscribe, let us know what you guys think. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>